You are listening to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss our RC adventures. Welcome to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss the ups and downs of the new RC Flyer. Join your hosts, Michael and Jay, as they take flight at the park. Now on with the show. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Park Flyer Podcast. It's Saturday night. This has been an absolutely great event. I'm telling you that, man, I I have just seen, my eyes have been opened, I guess, <laughs> as you could say. I uh, I can see," said the blind man. I know, right? Exactly. Um, I'm back go. here with Spencer and Barry. Hello, Barry, hello, Barry. Welcome back. Um, we had a great day today. It's uh, we started off the day with a couple of EDF flights. We all kind of got up and ran out to the field as early as possible at the break of dawn. We did. We and, did. Yeah, got a couple uh, F-16 flights in. We did. So um, yeah, Spencer and I brought our little uh, F-16 foamies that we talked about on a previous podcast. Got a couple of flights in. Uh, the problem was the runway is kind of rough. It is. And uh, Spencer did really okay, but I came in and landed, and I went a little long, and I think I hit a big crack in the runway, and it folded the little rubber piece off of my nose gear and kept on going. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> so lost it, your rubber. Yeah, I did. Yeah. And it, skating on rims. I was skating on the rims, and it flattened one <laughs> of the rims, which was not really a good deal. Yeah, but it's kind of brittle plastic. It's a plastic, right? But uh, I got it back on there, took off. You know, the takeoff, the next takeoff wasn't so bad. But uh, when I landed again, it hopped off, and and uh, eventually the other gear. I think I don't know why, but the other gear won't won't retract now, or, or didn't retract. So I got to check one of the main gears. Yeah, that sure. runway is actually pretty rough on the landing gear, even for the bigger airplanes. It's a, uh, I think it used to be kind of maybe an auxiliary or a municipal airport that's kind of defunct. And right. the yeah. runway hasn't seen any maintenance in probably 30, 40 years. So. Kind of like the uh, California roads that were going on here the other day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. On the way here, yeah, California roads. Every time we hit a bump there, you'd go, oh, Oh my plane! My oh, plane! Yeah. <laughs> look in the look in the back. We got to stop and check it is out. Is the trailer is the trailer still there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Well, you can't look forward to something going home. <laughs> Same way going back. Uh, so yeah, we um, flew the F-16s, and then um, I had a couple of spare batteries in my pocket. I think that's got to be the fastest battery change we've ever done, because I just like ripped mine out, shoved another one in, never even left the pilot box. Yeah. So and, uh, yeah, we got out there in the morning at. Probably still around seven. Up. Yeah, and, it was about um, seven o'clock. The sun was just coming up though. So luckily, most people had a pretty good time the prior night, so they weren't That's quite true. peeled out of bed yet. But uh, <laughs> we, we tried to sneak out with the EDFs, which it's such a busy event that there really isn't time for EDF flying. Right. It's not an EDF event whatsoever. No. So really, just if, if there are any EDFs, usually guys go sneak out there with them early, early in the morning before. The uh, line to fly starts to build up with the normal turbine planes, or maybe in the afternoon get, right, as the right. sun's going down. It's a little too dark to see the the bigger airplanes that are further away. So, and a lot of these little EDFs have lights on them. This is Just true. Like Barry's, yeah. uh, Barry has a new, new L thirty nine. Yeah, the L thirty nine. I uh, test flew last night, mm-hmm. Friday night. I uh, got, I think, only got like one, maybe two flights on it. Uh, mm-hmm. Had got to it put it away. Had to kind of fight for space to get out there with the other uh, big turbines, kind of intimidating a little bit. Uh, trying to keep it, you know, just a little bit in the pattern, a little bit close. But, uh, yeah, 
So this morning got more flights in it. I uh, think flies fantastic. Uh, Spencer and myself and also uh, Mike got to fly it as well. And they can uh, contest it. It is a pretty awesome plane. So right. most, yeah. of, most of our listeners know I'm a big uh, free wing guy. You know, I mean, I like their products. We've had, uh, you know, a couple of the Motion RC guys on it. We promote their product. But this is the Motion RC uh, L39 that just got released. Um, I think Barry's one of the first guys to have uh, the L39. As a matter of fact, out at the uh, field, there were three guys that came up to us Friday afternoon or Friday evening when we were about to go test fly this. And they said they got And they it, said, they oh, we too. just got ours. Oh, and it was still in the box. Oh, no, they just had, they they got just it. Got yeah. it. And then they said, is that stock set up? Right. What would you guys do? To, you know, what would you do to it? I'm like, no, this is stock Nothing. set up. I said, the only thing I did to it is I did kind of the night light mod. Where the uh, lights, stay the wingtip lights stay on when yeah. the uh, the gear is up, which makes a huge difference uh, flying around either day or night. But I actually got a flight in, uh, you know, later on Saturday evening, right before the sun went completely down. And yeah. it was really visible. Wait, Barry. So when you get the plane from the manufacturer... The lights turn themselves off when the gear comes up? Yep. Correct. So the lights, the, uh, the nav lights stay on, but the wingtip lights, the landing, the landing lights. lights on the wingtips, uh, they go off. So on the you. little form that uh, Free Wing has on the Motion uh, RC website, uh, they have a little video on a mod so some of the, the uh, overseas guys did, and they basically just bypass the sequencer for the landing gear that goes so you just solder it to a different spot then? Is that what yeah, you so I did oh. a JXT on both of them, right. took them off the uh, the conjunction box and put it in a different spot on the blue conjunction, conjunction box, which you'll be able to see that if you have one of these airplanes. Just go on to that uh, website that, that the forums, and they have a whole video on it. And that's exactly what I did. The, the, the modification literally only took... Probably about 15, 20 minutes of my time total. Probably the longest and most of that part. was the soldering, though, right? Yeah, and right. then finding it and stuff. Right. You know, I had to go to the little vendor and uh, buy a few connectors, male and female, solder them together. And then right. that probably took the longest of, of everything, but it made a world difference. Yeah. And this airplane actually went together. Uh, we put it to, uh, I guess you, you had it started, but we finished it up at the, at the field here at this event. And uh, it took. You know, just a little bit to program it and get it going. Barry maidened it, and it took literally maybe a couple of clicks up and down for trim. That was it. And then this thing, let me tell you, it just moves out. It just hauls the mail. Yeah, it just it, it's right around 105 miles per hour, according to tell. what the website said on some of the YouTube videos people are flying it. Yeah, it's great. And the, the amazing thing was is that we're flying around with a bunch of turbines, which are fast anyway. And Barry was able to keep up with some of them, uh, yeah. one or two. Not not the really super fast ones, but they had a couple of scale jets out there that were flying around. And Barry was right, you know, able to to do the little racetrack pattern in the, you know, above the runway there, right with them. So not get squished. Yeah, yeah. he uh, he he stayed out of their way most of the time. But uh, the best part uh, was that morning they were like um, the guy saw all the jets were starting to line up for that morning. And I think Spencer had already gotten his two flights and walked off. I uh, I was going to fly the L39 for the first time. So Barry handed me the battery, and, and the guy that was taking over the pilot stations was like, hey, are you going to fly this again? Barry's like, yeah, I was going to let him fly it. He goes, okay, well, hurry up because the jets are lining up, and we're going to have to turn the pilot station over to these guys coming out with their turbines. 
So we jumped out there, and literally right from the pilot station, right, Barry, we just put it on the ground there and took just, off. Yeah, we went. And, uh, and I flew it around for the first time, got a couple of racetrack patterns in, and did some rolls, loops, you know, verticals, that kind of thing. It worked really, really well and, you know, came in and land. Well, I still had battery left. <laughs> so Barry goes, hey, let me have it. Let so he, it. <laughs> he jumps on there and takes off. With what the guy had his back to us, so he didn't see. It was almost like we just I gave him, you know. So he takes back off and he's coming around, and the guy basically says, "Hey man, we need you to cut it short." And so Barry lands and turns in right at the first turnoff and taxis past all those jets. Yeah. It was pretty funny. Yeah, no sense in wasting a good battery. You still no, have time on it. Still had time on. It. I had about a minute thirty, and Barry was like, "I'll take that." Yeah, huh? So <laughs> considering it, it takes fun. like thirty minutes, almost thirty minutes to charge that battery. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that was uh, that was good. We uh, put those things away and then got right back out to the uh, flight line to watch. Uh, Barry fly your F fifteen, but you put the ordnance on it now, right? Yeah. So I put the. Um the uh, drop tank on the bottom center line, and then I put the uh, the pylons on the wings with the uh, the racks and four AIM-9 missiles on it. So wow. it looks fantastic it scale. Does look good. And uh, this is the first time I had an ordnance package on it. I had a GPS on it, and I ended up uh, going about 170 miles per hour with it. With the ordnance package. With the ordnance package on it. And then that's about 20 miles per hour slower than without the ordnance package on it. So right. it, it, it was cooking. And when it came by, it was super scale. It was really nice. Came right, loaded it onto the uh, the bottom of the, right next to the runway. Took yeah, off. it was pretty low. I heard the rocks moving around <laughs> when you went by. It was Pulled up vertical, did some rolls. It yeah, does it was, look really good. Uh, there were a lot of comments this weekend on uh, the way your airplane looked. A lot of people stopped by and you know, we're admiring it and asking about it and the ordnance package, that kind of thing. So it was pretty, uh, pretty good looking airplane. That's about uh, probably about eight or nine flights on it. Yeah. So far, getting real comfortable with it. Looks real Can, good. It's going to be one of my go-to airplanes, everyday jets to go fly at the field. Sure. Just it's just a comfortable flying airplane. Well, after that, I think uh, Spencer broke his F sixteen back out. Yeah, I got a couple more flights on it, so I did my uh, CG adjustment, moved it back about an inch, and flew it around a couple more times just to get a feel for it, get the gyro kind of tuned in, and figure out where my gain needs to be, and so I, I don't know, I took it out, flew it a couple times, put it away real quick, it's kind of like my my ugly little airplane right now, but <laughs> once we get back home, back get to the ranch, fixed. I'll get the gear fixed, get a paint job on it, yeah. it'll get a weathering job on it, and it'll start looking pretty good. But, uh, yeah, and I also had a chance to fly uh, Barry's F-15 around just a couple laps around the pattern and actually flew really nice. Yeah. So I was pretty impressed with that. My 16 seems to be flying well, so. I haven't flown 16 yet, so. Well, you don't want to fly with the gear down. Yeah. No, no I'll just wait until he gets his stuff fixed. It's like kissing your sister. <laughs> wait, wait until it's <laughs> all done. You said that earlier, yeah. Exactly. Wait until mm. it's all done, nice and painted, gear doors all on it, ordnance on it. Yeah. You know. Or like riding fixed. a moped, right? It's yeah, fun. You, you don't want to be watched doing it. Yeah, it's fun to ride. <laughs> I'll rip it around the sky a little bit. Exactly. <laughs> and then uh, I think you guys broke the flashes out too. You did a. Oh, actually, yeah. there was a what? Uh, there was a guy out there, Tom, I think his name is, and yeah. he uh, he kind of or- orchestrated a kind of a get together. Well, yeah, the first that, time was kind of a. Uh, yeah, I kind of yeah, jacked up the first time. That <laughs> was pretty funny. So we these guys get the all. The, he he says, "Hey, we're going to have five, you know, ultra flashes." 
go out at the same time and fly. Which, if you know anything about the, uh, I mean, I, I don't know if you've heard of the ultra fast. It's what two hundred and thirty mile an hour airplane. It's just smoking, and to have five or six of these guys in the air at the same time chasing each other around, it's it's it would be just mayhem craziness. It is mayhem, <laughs> and it's something that they used to do commonly uh, in prior years when the ultra flash was maybe a little bit newer, more yeah, popular. But sure. it was you know this year's event actually had a, I think one hundred and sixty one pilots. Uh, I think that's what they said. More yeah. than they've ever had in the past. So getting out, getting everybody that had a flash out there together at the same time was a little bit of a go, little bit go of rope a... but uh we we got three of us out there were on... some logistic problems the first yes. time around but uh but we got but they finally got all three three or four i think there were four of you was there four? yeah and there was an ultra bandit or something that was out oh, yeah. Same time, yeah so so you had five fast movers uh y'all you guys all lined up and uh poured the coals to it and then it was just literally who could go all out yeah so we were just doing a speed demon flyby with a hill climb and see who can accelerate all the way up the fastest. And and Barry was thinking Every he lap. was in the first for first place. Well, that's what people told me, so <laughs> I don't know. I'm just kind of looking at my plane, and I see the other planes next to me and try not to hit theirs. There you go. <laughs> I don't think Barry came fast. out of full throttle the entire time. I no, think. because towards the end, I started spitter and sputtering after yes, four and a did. half minutes. And um, actually, I you couldn't were even fuel out of that fuel system so fast. Oh, you yeah. sucked your UAT dry. <laughs> yeah, and, and I've done that before. It was halfway. Uh, it was halfway empty. My UAT, and it was sucking uh, air. And when I landed, it started flaming out. Then I couldn't even taxi back, so yep. I had to go out there, carry I'd it, shut back. it off, and carry it back. Walk that of shame, awesome. and that's fine. It. And it, but everybody, when I was coming back, said I was the fastest one. <laughs> so. <laughs> just just for our listeners that don't fly turbines, what is a UAT? So UAT stands for Universal Air Trap, and it's essentially kind of like a, hel- a header tank on a helicopter. Gotcha. So it's a small, about a four to six ounce tank that has a little, I want to call it a membrane, a little baggy yeah. mesh inside of there, and it's supposed to prevent any air bubbles from entering, essentially that mesh acts as a clunk. And that's what feeds the turbine in an effort to remove any air from the fuel before it gets to the turbine. Because obviously, if you starve a turbine of fuel long enough, it quits you get running. a flame out. Right. And once you don't have the flame in there, it's not like you can just turn it back on. So right. uh, that's kind of the, over the years, the tried and true method of preventing from having an air bubble cause a flame out or in flight shutdown. So, right, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. you're not sitting behind the turbine where you can just do a reset like we can in the big airplanes. Yeah, I know. Wouldn't we that be restart nice? restart that. But uh, I think some of the new technology, the King Techs and some of these other ones have auto relights. They do, and auto just starts. like the big airplanes, yeah. Uh, so they have computers that will actually shoot fuel in there and get it turning if there's if it's even spinning. Well, if there's um, only fuel, any fuel left. Left, right. Sure. So <laughs> when Barry was flying this full wide open for four and a half minutes, he basically, that UAT normally sits with about... It's what, full. 60% or better? No, it should be no, full. Okay, so it should full. be 100% full I mean, of fuel. Sometimes you can't get all the air in the top of it out. Which but is fine. it's far enough away from that membrane to where you're no, you don't run the risk of sucking air through it. Right. And Barry actually went all of his tanks halfway and, and the, pulled half of the fuel out of the UAT. But, yep. you know, with air being less dense than fuel, the second air starts to touch some of that membrane in there, It'll suck the air because path of least resistance. Right, so, and so it starts popping. And that usually happens right around once the UAT is half full. 
Yep. You start Powerful. sucking air. So the as you go by, the turbine goes pop, 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 pop like that. You can tell it's yep. starting air to suck air. Are, yeah, exactly. And we were all, they were chasing each other around. I, I just happened to be at the pilot box helping Spen- calling for Spencer. And all of a sudden, I hear this panic voice. I'm flaming out. I'm flaming out. <laughs> flaming I'm out. flaming I'm out. I'm landing. I'm landing. And he throws the gear out. And as he goes by in the turn, you're just hearing that little flash go pop, 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 pop. And luckily for uh, Barry, he did get lined up on the runway because I thought for sure he was going to land in the dirt, but he got it onto the yeah, pavement, he did, like, and, yeah. uh, landed it, landed and it, and flamed out. As as he was going by the the uh, pilot station, I was laughing. I heard it go poo, spool down. So yes. he totally flamed out on him in the flare and had a little bouncy, bouncy going down the runway. But uh, he got it stopped. Couldn't have any better timing. Oh so, my gosh, oh, that was everybody was like, oh my gosh, that was so close. <laughs> and because uh, the flash is not really a glide, a glider, it doesn't glide. It glides really well, actually. Does it? Yeah, so it if does. it had flamed out, you'd still been able to get to the runway. Yeah. Well, most likely. Most of the time, it depends on your elevation. Of course. Gotcha. The, the airplane's so clean aerodynamically that it does really well as a glider, but okay. it's still heavy. And yeah, it still covers it's still a lot of ground. Yeah. yeah. So, the, but the glide ratio actually on it is surprisingly well. I brought it by at just you know a moderate speed, 150 miles an hour, which for that airplane is actually on the conservative side. Sure. And I can go to idle and pull the airplane up and leave it at idle, and I can usually make three, sometimes four full patterns around the whole flying field before I touch down at okay. like a simulated dead stick. It's, just, sure. it's really clean, really efficient, which is a, an advantage of uh, this airplane, maybe unlike Brian O'Meara's F-86 today, when <laughs> he had right. a flame out himself, yeah. and, he was, and this, is, this airplane is a Tomahawk model. And really big. I mean, yeah. one of the biggest airplanes out at the event. So he, he was doing a low, low flyby on, yes. on the deck, and then it flamed out as he was passing them. Yeah. So he did a good job with energy management, turned his airspeed into altitude, brought it back around to land, and he waited until the last second to put the gear down because he didn't want to cause any undue drag. Well, the problem with that is, and maybe something he didn't take into consideration right away in the light of panic, <laughs> was that the gear on that particular airplane take like 10 to 15 seconds to yeah, get down. To get down, yeah. So here he is, made this beautiful circuit around the pattern without an engine, waiting to put the gear down, has the runway made, puts the gear down, but by the time that he got down to the runway, gliding, his gear still wasn't down. So everybody's biting their fingernails and cringing, yeah, and it looked like deck. he almost touched the ground. Yeah. And it was a little gusty that day, and he kind of pulled it off and maybe got a little extra energy from that wind. And, and the pop. the plane balloon maybe <laughs> a foot off the ground, two yeah. feet off the yeah, ground. Just enough to Magically, the gear come down immediately at that time, yeah. right and before he touches down. And I mean within a quarter of a second. Yep. And everybody goes crazy because yeah. he saved yeah. uh, the bottom of that airplane. High five. Oh, yeah. Fist so that bump was, that was with Wayne and, and Brian at the, at the, uh, the line. Like, holy crap yeah (laughs) it was was fun well uh let's see what else did we do today we had um the demonstration guys went out there the two uh i don't remember who they were though the horizon or the horizon yeah they're sponsored by horizon sponsored by horizon spencer nordquist is one of them and he is a really good stick and there was another one from he wasn't from the u.s he was from germany or somewhere Somewhere oh no he was from uh um swede he was a swedish guy okay so yeah both both of these guys are really good sticks, and uh, they, they make these jets fly like foamies, even though they're fifty pounds. Yeah, they were say. heavy. 
But they're so big and the wing loading is so light that they fly like a foamy, literally. It and is uh, that that Mephisto had the uh, thrust vectoring on it, so he's out there, you know, doing his thing flipping and flopping around. it around. Right. And so it's pretty cool to watch. Rolling loops with the jets, kind of neat. It is kind of neat, 3D yeah. stuff with yeah. the jets. So we got to watch them fly. And Again, because yeah, the, we watched them fly on Friday, too. And synchronized smoke on them, on the formation yeah, the, the one. the formation really guys neat. had synchronized smoke, so it was a like a two-second on, two-second off, two-second on. But they were synchronized where they would pulse and come on at the same time. That was really neat. And uh, then they could flick a button, I think, and make it stay on all the time. Yeah, so they do like a little draw the heart in the yeah, air maneuver the while they're playing God Bless the Had USA. Music and, yeah, and, it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was neat. And, uh, so it's a neat little choreograph. They're doing uh, Vipers, right? That's what those are? Viper yep, jets. Viper I jets. think they're Skymaster Viper jets. I yep. think so. Red and white ones. Yeah. And they were, uh, they're big airplanes, but they, they were close formation-wise. I think that's the closest I've, I've ever seen two jet, you know, RC jets fly. I would say they're usually, what, within two or three wingspans of each yeah, other? Yeah, pretty Which close. is pretty darn good the whole, Almost the whole time. Yeah. That you're that far away. I mean, at one point, you're probably half a mile or a quarter mile away from these airplanes. And if they can keep it in that tight the whole time or yeah. most of the time, I was really impressed. I yeah. was super impressed. Yep. It was really cool to see. Um. Yeah, and then uh, let's see what else do we have. The B two, uh, the B two oh, flew yeah, the again. B2. Everybody Bye. talked about that. Um, those guys flew yesterday, but uh, today we had uh, an incident where the gear fell off or didn't come down or something. One I think, of them. I think the right main gear fell, fell off. off completely, yeah, yeah. and yeah. as it flew by on the gear pass, the brake wires Line. Yeah. are dangling. <laughs> That's right, oh, yeah. about three feet from the airplane because yes. it just pulled all of that out. And um, so Barry Howe, the King Tech owner, handed the controls over to Ali and had him land it. And this guy has immortal fingers. Oh, my gosh. That and, guy was amazing. And did a really, really nice job of landing it on the two remaining gear and really just a light scuff underneath the, the wingtip that didn't have the landing gear. Hardly so, any damage. Oh, it was just amazing. The guy, he, he's a phenomenal pilot, and he did a really good job with that. So. Yeah, it worked out. So and that, Barry knew it because his first instinct was, oh, problem, here you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hand he it handed over. it off. <laughs> here you go. Take care of this. But, uh, yeah, it, it just came down. I mean, it was it, the touchdown looked just like something you'd see on film of the real oh, airplane. beautiful. Yeah, the whole it, approach was just yeah. almost fake looking and so perfect. Mm-hmm. So that was really cool to watch. It was cool to watch. What else went on uh, today? We have any? Um, didn't we had have a any few room? crashes. They got all the F-16s up in there at once. Oh, oh that's yeah. right. They did. Um, these five of them. Yeah, five, and they and they were most of them were. They're all Thunderbirds. Six Thunderbird. scale, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there was scale. three Thunderbirds, one Edwards scheme, and then one Black Knights, which is like the Singapore version right. of our Thunderbirds. Let's right, say. Right. But they got. All five uh, six scale F-16s up at once, which is pretty cool to watch all those airplanes fly. Again, I'm F-16 guy. I'm a little biased. Sure, mm-hmm. but I, still, it was impressive. That um, was. Now, I, I did make a joke and say that was the worst uh, Thunderbird. Um, yeah, we <laughs> were laughing. Say, we were it, saying was, that, it was the worst Thunderbird uh, <laughs> uh, show I've ever seen because none of them were in formation no, at any no. one time. Yeah. And uh, I, you know, I we were laughing about it. Spencer said, "Well, today's their first day of practice." So <laughs> yep, there you go. <laughs> this is what the Thunderbirds looked like when they first day showed one. up. That's yeah, right. Day one. Day <laughs> one. Uh, so oh, it was pretty prob- funny. They probably looked better than that day one. The now there ones. were two guys though that ha- that have been practicing, and they actually came around. Uh, they weren't quite as close formation as the formation demonstration team, 
with the Viper Jets, but these guys were pretty close. Yeah, they did pretty and good. And then they came in and landed together, too. So they that did. was pretty neat because yeah. they touched down and, and landed pretty close together. I'd say within 10 feet of each yeah, other and yeah. got it stopped and And they don't spend off. any time practicing together. It was kind no, of an ad hoc uh-uh. thing. Yeah. And uh, yeah. the, the Viper Jet guys practice it uh, on the weekly basis. And they actually do these this demo all over the uh, all country the world, right? and actually all over the world. Yeah. And from what I understand, they've got like five or six hundred practice flights under their belts at this point. Wow! So they've got quite a bit of stick time. That is a lot. Uh, doing the same routine every time to try and get get it as tight as possible. And you know, I got to hand it to them; it looked pretty good. Yeah, yeah Spencer's out on the line when they were doing the formation. Yeah, that's right. You said that uh, they have a very specific way to talk to each other. They do. They talk to each other in a very similar manner. If you've ever listened to the. Uh, Intercom between all the Angels, Angels, pilots or yeah, any wow. of the demo pilots where, you know, you have one person who's the lead and basically is calling the maneuvers and when and the timing. And, yeah. Right and that, roll now. Exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. So they, they, adapt, they adopted a very similar technique, and it worked really well. I mean, there was a lot of chatter going on because they're constantly trying to communicate. Uh, but when it came time to the maneuvers, one person uh, was doing the calling and worked out really nice yeah i i can only imagine how difficult it is to match those two airplanes because we all know that every rc airplane is different no i mean even if you have the same kit same everything they're not going to fly exactly the same there's going to be some nuances that are just slightly different and so so to build two large six scale you know turbine jets and have these guys fly you know pretty much simultaneously and what what appears to be the same airplane and do it with such precision is is amazing. It is. So when I was listening to them, that was my first opportunity of actually hearing their communication with each other. But Mm -hmm. uh, they base most of their routine off either full power, half power, or idle. I got you. Most of it's during flight. They don't really do any slow speed maneuvers together. Right. But everything is either full power for the uplines, Mm -hmm. you know, the big loops and the big... uh, what do you call that big barrel roll maneuver where they all do it together? A barrel roll? Yeah, but they're all in formation, and they all call it, kind of come around at the same time. Yeah. Kind of like a combination of a loop and a roll. But, yeah, we uh, probably call it a barrel roll. but Yeah. Looks and like your wheels are going around the inside of a barrel, basically. Yeah, exactly. But I will tell so you that. So during that and yeah. the loops, you know, that's when they're at full power. The rest of the time, they're at, they're at half. Half. And the planes match up pretty well speed-wise. So it's kind of a good gauge for them. Sure. Where if they both get on the power at the same time and they both come to half at the same time, ninety percent of the speed matching is done, and they might make little corrections and you know mm-hmm. along right. the way. So my my favorite maneuver watching that was when they came by for what we would call in the airshow world a mirror pass. Yes. So one guy is upright, the lower guy, and the guy above him is is inverted. Opposite f- that. Yeah. The guy below is inverted, yeah. Oh, uh, so inverted. that way they're bottom wing to bottom wing. <clears throat> there it is. Yeah, bottom and wing to bottom wing. And then they he makes the turn, so the guy on the bottom has to go outside of the turn, inverted, pushing out, and the guy on the inside has to keep that distance. Yep. And to do that, now that you're upside down, which means all the controls are reversed, right, then that is incredibly difficult. It is. And he said that the that mirror pass when they come by, to get the spacing and the timing correct, they said that's by far the hardest maneuver they do. Oh, I, I can only imagine. It's so. difficult. Because coming out, they have to get a lot of speed uh, to come down the show center, 
And if one's faster than the other, by the time they get show center, they're not really on top of each other, mirrored. They're behind each other or ahead of each other, you know, one of the Exactly. Two. So to get him slowed down, he's constantly have to adjust his speed and, and mirror the, you know, the actions of the other guy. And the military guys, the Thunderbirds and Blue Angels, they do mirror passes, but I don't, they don't push out like those guys. They just do a mirror pass across show center. And then one, one turns out, out, it slides out, rolls back, up, right, right and then up. they go out. Exactly. These guys actually stayed in the mirror all the way around and did it again, Yes, which was just pretty phenomenal. Cool. It was pretty cool. I think they did it again because the first time they were a little bit, the spacing was a little bit out. So he used, he used the turn to basically catch back up to him and get that spacing better. And, uh, but to fly that a complete circle inverted and stay with the other guy. Belly was, to was belly. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. belly to belly. Cool. It was crazy. Uh, so that was that was a phenomenal. That, that was worth a trip right there, right? Mm-hmm. You know, just kind oh, of yeah, watching so. those guys and the B two. That was worth it. So yeah, Learjet out there. That's right. They uh, they flew twin a Learjet, twin engine Learjet, big um, thing. It was mm. for sale actually. Seems like eleven thousand um, five hundred dollars. It's still for sale. In case you were uh, wanting it, uh, <laughs> just send an email to you know parkfirepodcast at gmail dot com. Tell us you want to spend your eleven grand, and uh, we'll get you in touch with the or with just the send owner. me the check. <laughs> I mean, that works, too. <laughs> Send it to Spencer.com. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> he can afford his new airplanes. That's right. He can afford new ones. Uh, let's see. There was um, pretty much the rest of the day was just dedicated to flying all kinds of fun stuff. I mean, it was pretty, uh, pretty Lots much of socializing, yeah, learning socializing. stuff. Got to uh, learn how to weather planes. Oh, that's right. Phil. Oh, that was a Phil. Was nice enough to let us come watch him. Uh, do some weathering on that those big Yak One Thirty. Yes. Yeah, so Huge. right across from us, Huge. we had uh, two Yak. They were at least six fifth scale, maybe fifth scale one Yak One yeah, Thirties. They were huge, and uh, Phil is from um, England, right? Yeah. The UK, and he flew over specifically for this Best in the West event. Yep, to weather an airplane. To weather an airplane. So these guys obviously, you know, take a lot of pride in their planes and want them as, as scale as possible. And I know that they have contests and, you know, scale model masters and that kind of thing. And this guy is part of that. So he came over uh, on the request, I think, of one or two guys and uh, and was weathered. I think he said he weathered, what, four, five airplanes yeah. this weekend? And uh, so anyway, he's got a unique technique that uh, he uses um, this wash. And, and um, you know, he was doing it kind of in front of us. He had the tent right in front of us uh-huh. and I was sitting in my chair watching airplanes fly and I think we were podcasting and doing some other stuff and he was over there just at first I thought he was waxing the airplane which I thought wow they hired a guy to just stand there and wax his airplane but he was brushing this really dirty stuff on it and the more he worked on it the dirtier the airplane got mm-hmm. and I was like man that that polish or whatever he's and using some, to bad wax. Wax. <laughs> some bad wax yeah exactly he's dirtier now than when he started exactly <laughs> that's what I told him so finally I looked over at Spencer and Barry and I said hey man that guy, I think, is weathering this airplane. We need to go talk to him. So we wa- we wandered on over there, and by the time we got there, he uh, had finished most of the bottom, and uh, just the the technique he was using was pretty phenomenal. It wasn't too over the top, and it was just subtle enough. Just the right amount. Just the right amount, and and he did it all with a brush and a and, and like a shop towel. Shop towel. Yeah, I was completely. I was like, no way. But yeah, he just um, you know you could see some of the rivets seeping and. Then when we got there, he was working on the actual landing gear. So he was telling us about the grease. Yeah, the so. grease color. There's a color for grease, and there's color for rust. 
There's a color for dirt. He said dirt, uh, you know, depending on where you are in the world, the dirt will collect on your airplane. And so, you know, different colors will create different dirt patterns. Mm-hmm. And in the, you know, Russia, dirt, it's, you know, kind of a more of a, a gray than a brown or a black. And then you got and desert dirt. Yeah, desert dirt, which is more or of a, a red. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so he had <clears throat> he was working on these um, landing gear. And honestly, you know, I've seen, I, I owned a Russian airplane at one point, <laughs> you know, a Yak-55. I've, I've been around a couple of Russian Yak airplanes. Yak attack. And Greece is good. <laughs> exactly. Greece is good. Uh, and, and, you know, the funny part about it is, is that he, he had done such a great job that I, I was really convinced if you would have taken a picture, you would have thought this was an actual landing gear on a Russian airplane. Uh-huh. A real Russian airplane, not mm-hmm. a model. Yeah, he added the grease along all the joints. Yeah. And it was the right color, and it kind of spattered like the air was hitting it and spreading yeah. it out. And it's phenomenal. And it does it all with a paintbrush. So and he really crazy. is an artist. Yeah, he really is. Oh, yeah. So. I picked up some pictures, too, so oh, good. I'll forward on to you, Mike, so you can go ahead and up. Yeah. Jump on different... our Facebook page and yeah. uh, just yeah, we'll dump them on there. There we go. You're welcome to post. Yeah, I think cool we have some up there, there anyway. Share so, those. Yeah, share those and uh, go that way there people and like can have a They can see kind of what we're talking about because yeah, it absolutely. really was impressive. And the guy was just a wizard at it. You know, he, just wh- he whipped through this giant airplane in about four or five hours. Yeah, I don't even know if that was that long. And, and I've weathered other airplanes that were half that size before in the past, and I'm sitting there with my airbrush, and six hours later, <laughs> it's halfway <laughs> right. done. Exactly. So that was, that was impressive to me that he didn't even use an airbrush because I've weathered airplanes with airbrushes as well. Uh, and he he had no airbrush in sight, just a shop towel, a wash. Then he just kind of washed it out, and it was with um, oil paints, not acrylic. He said, but right. Yeah, I weathered my airplane too. Uh, you did. I you just weathered flew your L thirty nine by flying it around in a dusty, dirty. Uh, and atmosphere. the same thing with the F fifteen too. That's true. The turbine oil, yeah, turbine, turbine uh, oil comes out. Yeah. <clears throat> so well, they do. They do have some of that that actually happens. You know, I mean, I'm. Pretty sure if you were flying those airplanes and you put a couple of drops of oil in the right places and let it just seep through, yeah. it would work. Don't um, clean it. A couple yeah. hundred miles yeah. an hour airflow over the airplane yeah. kind of acts yeah. just like the real thing, right? Exactly. I mean, how about, you can't get any more authentic than that. No, you can Put cannot. a coat of clear over it and it's permanent. And, of course, exactly. uh, the, the way that this the w- this was kind of strange because, as Spencer said earlier, this is an abandoned field, I think. or It, it has a gate. I don't know if anybody actually flies off I'm not off sure, there. yeah. But it, it is an actual runway. It was closed for this event, I think, at, at some point. But there's no taxiway. It's just a, a runway. And rather than back taxiing, which is what a normal airplane would do, uh, they were having the guys fly on their models that would uh, basically get halfway down the runway, turn off, and come down this little dirt taxiway. Kind of like a dirt, yeah, dirt Yeah, it was road. like a dirt road. But, I mean, it was hard-packed. In some places, not so in others. I, I got stuck uh, with the F-15 down there. But um, I think it's an old uh, ag strip because a lot of it, farms. It might be. There are a there. lot of farms out there, yeah, a lot of um, fruit farms or something. But, but anyway, I was, what I was going to say is, is that because they were coming down this dirt track, then I think that's what helped um, you know, Barry weather the airplane more realistically. <laughs> and yeah. my feet. It, and your feet, yeah, oh, because yeah. they were so dusty. The whole time, and, and then uh, you taxi the airplane yeah. by, and the dirt, dust dirt is blowing, blowing up. around. So. so with the turbine oil leaking uh, on the, along the belly and, and then the dirt collecting to it, it, it did give a lot of weathering uh, effects. So, And your L-39 got some, too, I think. Yes, right? it did. Because so, uh, it's got a white bottom, so it didn't take much to get that thing all. And my... <laughs> My dirty fingers. Yeah, that's true. Your dirty fingerprints all over. Well, other than that, let's see. Uh, that pretty much took care of the day. We had the the banquet. Um, 
that we did. you know this evening and um, awesome food. It was great food. Uh, they did a really good job. They fed us pretty much the whole time we were here. Which yeah, all three amazing. nights we had something. We had uh, <clears throat> taco night, taco night Thursday. on Thursday and yeah. Friday. We had uh, what we have ribs. Ribs. How could you That's ribs? it. Ribs. Yeah. And then tonight we had uh, chicken, chicken and beef and, and sausage. Like a, yeah, barbecue platter. Yeah, barbecue, yeah, barbecue platter. platter. Pretty darn good. Yeah, with, uh, I think, peach cobbler, right? Yeah, I yeah. think so. It was good. So we had the food. We had a food vendor out here. He did uh, breakfast burritos every morning, and they did burgers and stuff for, for lunch. I have to say that our tent mates, um, and I can't even name them all. but uh, There's so many. Kenny yeah. puts together our lunches for us. Yep. He, he, oh, yeah. he likes to come out and take care of us and... And he had lunch. He was running around. I've never seen anybody. Like, he's always like, you eat? have you eaten? Have you eaten? There's got food. Come eat. Come eat. Yes. He, he was literally trying to feed the whole, you know, place. <laughs> he just wanted to make sure anybody yeah, was walking awesome. by the tent needed to, you know, you need to get a plate. Yep. So they uh, they had lunch for us uh, all the time. You could either go, you know, get the hamburger from the vendor or you could come uh, by our little tent. So we really lucked out. Yeah. Because uh, I think originally we were going to be off on our own. Uh, just kind of doing our own thing, and and we were nice enough to uh, Tony Quist. He's the uh, guy that kind of got us spearheaded, in there. you oh, know. Yeah. And uh, he had he had some cancellations and called us and said, "Hey, man, why don't you come be a part of our group here into this tent?" And uh, we got it right at Show Center. It was really worth it. We actually so. had a lot of people from our club show up, and yeah, actually we did. probably yeah. more than. Any other clubs that show up, which oh, is great. I'd have to agree. I was just going to say the same thing, that uh, we got really lucky. and We did. And yeah. um, we have a great group of guys that fly turbines in our field. So really, no, I think that we had by far the, the biggest area or the amount of people or whatever. From the same club. F- than anybody else, mm-hmm. which that's pretty cool. It was pretty cool. I wish they would have recognized that. You know, you probably could have looked at it and seen but uh, I think you mentioned earlier we had 160-some-odd registered pilots. Yep. They did say at the banquet tonight that that was the largest in history, right? That's right, yes. The largest Pretty ever cool. was this year. And That's the weather good. was Every fantastic. Every year get bigger yeah. and bigger. Yeah. So sure. hopefully some of you guys listening will come out and join us next year. It happens every year. So yeah. I think this was the ninth one that he's done uh, under the Best in the West name. I think. So the, he said something tonight about a 30th anniversary, though. Is that for the club? I don't know if it was for the cl- club or perhaps that kind of jet rally around that time. I know that it used uh, to be okay. named something else, something and that's else, when Joe going took on it, for thirty years took it over and gotcha. renamed okay. it. Um, but yeah, something about thirty years. It yeah, he said club. join us next year for the thirty year anniversary. So, so that's pretty really cool. Sure. That is amazing. They've been flying for thirty years, so yeah. that's crazy. Well, uh, the banquet's over. We were just kind of sitting around. They had fireworks for us uh, tonight. Oh, we had the auction. And, uh, we had, oh, yeah, we had an auction. And then the, the awards. And the awards. Yeah, the auction uh, was amazing to watch. Took a <laughs> long time. It did take a little while, and uh, but there was a lot of money raised for A lot of money. Lot so of money. They, they had probably <laughs> eight, eight-foot tables yes. yep. piled with product auctionable merchandise that it was all sold, and all the proceeds went to Make-A-Wish Foundation, which is really cool that Joe C., that runs the event, uh, puts together this, this charitable event that right, we all kind of, right. even though we're out there flying jets at the end of the day, um, I want to say they auctioned off probably $150,000 literally worth of gear. Oh, yeah. Whether it be oh easy. Yeah. Turbines, <clears throat> engines, airplanes, 
bigger uh, gyros, right. foamies, everything. P fifty one ride. Yeah. Yes, everything that the, the real sponsors. P51 ride. Oh, I know, right? I almost bought it, yeah, but I had to. I you should have bought it. Restrain myself. Yeah. Oh yeah, it went for seven hundred dollars, and yeah, for over an hour riding a Mustang. That over is an hour. crazy. So, and unfortunately, the wind was kicking up, and I was worried about our tent, and I ran out there. To grab all the foamy stuff off the table. Yeah, he grabbed me and said, hey, go out yeah, there. I said, I'm hey, like, oh, come okay. So Barry turned around and ran by back. I, you know, had some other stuff, took a phone call, did some other things. And so by the time I got back, the, uh, the that had already been auctioned off. The ride the big, had already been. Oh, yeah. Yes. Big oh, yeah. ticket. But the, uh, they did have a full-size, uh, not a full-size, but the, uh, the Havoc, which the Havoc is by... Um, who makes that? Elite Aerosports, I believe. Elite Aerosports. Elite Aerosports. Elite Aerosports makes it. Uh, I know $9,000. Yeah, I know Mike yesterday was talking about it, and then we couldn't that's remember just for the airframe. It, but yes. That's the airframe. $9,000. But it's and, one uh, of those giant uh, 3D style vector correct. thrusts. Yeah. You know, it is jets. Amazing. It's unbelievable. And it lands like a kite. Oh, yeah. You can, you can walk faster barely, than it lands. Yeah. And on our website, on the Facebook page, not our website, but our Facebook page, I actually have a picture of them. One of the company, I think Elite Aerosports was back there, but they had uh, six of them sitting. You can only see four of them in the picture, but two more were in the tent. So uh, they were phenomenal-looking airplanes, um, huge, huge airplanes. But um, they were good. They were fun to watch, super slow when they wanted to be slow, super fast when they wanted to be fast, and very... 3D uh, oriented, um, you know, it was kind of neat. So, oh. and then uh, let's see, we had uh, the, the awards. awards. Yeah, we got uh, and out of our group, I think uh, Tony Quist won the uh, best. What did he win? Best uh, military jet. Yes. Yep. Yeah, best military jet. So he's got a uh, Cougar, right? And, he uh, does a uh, Skymaster mm-hmm. Cougar, Sky Master and blue, and silver. Uh-huh. And it looks like a big aluminum sheet, even though it's not. kind of looks like a bat in the air, the shape of the airplane, <laughs> it does. you know? It is kind of an odd-shaped airplane, uh, but the good news is it looks very authentic. It does. Oh, yeah. And uh, so I, I have a question, because Tony took off a couple of times, and maybe you guys will know this. I didn't get a chance to ask him. But he taxis out the canopies open. Yep, and he takes and it, off with it he open. He takes off with it open. Yes. And then does it close when he retracts the gear or something? It's or on a switch. So he just yeah. hits the switches and the canopy closes yep. too. Mm-hmm. Why would you take off with the canopy open? To look cool. Just to look why, cool. Why okay. would you drive a car without a roof? I know. It's a convertible. Yeah, it's kind of the same thing. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's show. Just it's to flashy. show that I can. But you know the yeah. real one can too. You can actually slide the canopy back and fly the real one. In flight. In flight. With I got you. Okay. Well, that, maybe that's why it does. It's kind of like for scale. And, you know, in the Airbus or whatever. We, sure. We can open the window and <laughs> yeah, under, the, under extreme running circumstances. True, true, true. But um, that's funny. You know, I think it's one of those things where how many jets can you fly around and land on an aircraft carrier with the top down? Yeah, that's I don't think cool. there's that many. No. But yeah, you are correct. But it was a beautiful airplane, and uh, I'm glad that he won the uh, the award and uh, several other awards. John, I think John, John won one too. John for, did. He did. Uh, another guy from our club, John, for his the, A7 uh, Corsair. Yes. That's correct. And so that's, that's the most authentic. Yes, that's the most an scale. Project. It was the most scale. Military jet, I think, is what he won. Yes. Right. It's a pretty interesting project. You know, he's been working on that with a couple other partners that are involved. Wayne mm-hmm. is one of them. Right. And there's also a guy in the Midwest that's more focused on the fuselage. Mm-hmm. Uh, John was doing the wings, and, and uh, Wayne stepped in to do the control surfaces and help with the wings. And they kind of scratch-built this thing and began 
making molds and producing it about 10 years ago. That's actually. crazy. And there isn't any other one like it. They're the only ones that have the molds, and I think they're the only ones that make an A7 of that size. And an A7 is a pretty unusual airplane to begin with. Right. It is. So it, it does get a lot of attention. And actually, the airplane, they've done such a nice job with it, and it's so unique, that that airplane almost always brings home hardware. Yes, and, it, you know, it is very amazing. It's very detailed as well. Yes. Uh, a lot of scale. Really nice. He's got his all weathered. It looks, if, I mean, once again, from a distance, you'd never know. Even in the air. If looks you good took and a photo, it good, too. Yeah, you took a yep. photo of it in the air, you really wouldn't know you weren't looking at a real airplane. It looks really good. Brian uh, O'Meara. Brian o- yeah, Brian uh, took home some awards, too, several. Um, I think he uh, he got one for a jet award, or he got one for his F-86. F-86. And he got one for something else. Or he got two for the F-86, I think. I think so. Most scale Warbird or most scale turbine jet or something like that. And then um, he got one for something else. But anyway, they uh they both got uh, so that was three three guys at least from our uh, our group that got awards. Go us. So yep. yeah, yeah, they will have to uh no awards coming home for the piecemeal F16 with the gear down. I I'm not <laughs> quite understanding what happened I there. I know they should have had the ugliest airplane award. <laughs> I, I, I would have won it. <laughs> but yeah. we'll uh we'll get it fixed up. So I'm looking forward to that go. and I'll do uh, some before and after shots on the Facebook and then Perfect. people yeah, can yeah. see how hideous it is now. <laughs> you know, honestly I don't think it's a hideous airplane, but no, I, no. I do it looks understand. good, but just because the fact that, you know, that's been primed know, and sanded on and there's some Work body in work. Progress. Uh, well, and compared to some of these things out there, I mean, one they wing's were, painted, yeah. primed, and the other one isn't. The other one isn't. But uh, and, and and honestly, compared to some <laughs> of the airplanes we saw out here, they you, they would be the ugly duckling in the group, yes. you know, because some of these were phenomenal. Yes, the F eighty six. They had this F eighty six out of there. I think I may have mentioned this earlier with uh, Mike, but they have this F eighty six, and as he as he goes out and prepares to fly, the canopy slides back or opens up. The engine starts, you know, going up, and you can hear radio chatter <laughs> and from the airplane. Top Gun. And then it plays, it plays the theme, theme to music. Top Gun. Yeah, it yes. plays the theme to Top Gun or whatever. And then he goes and flies it, comes back, and then I think yesterday they were playing Flight of the Valkyrie or something. Right. You know, as he was taxiing <laughs> in. Uh, the guys were just, like, standing there watching this guy taxi. And it's got so many lights on it. I, I really don't think the uh, original... F-86 Sabre had that many lights. It's got lights on the tail, on the wings, on the body. I mean, you know, yes. it's, he added all Thing these. Is a and Christmas it, tree. It is a Christmas tree, really. It, it really is. It looks good in the air, though. It does. It does. And, uh, and he did a great job. Unfortunately, there were two of them similar, and we lost the other one. I think the guy. A little like, orientation yeah, problem. Orientation problem. So, you know, we did pretty good. There were how many How many jets do you think? There are 160 pilots. Each pilot had probably multiple jets. Let's say jets. two to three, three planes two, per, per pilot, right? So, yeah. So Puts you're looking at 400 jets. Yeah, about 400 jets. Yeah. All of them flying six, five or six at a time because we really didn't have too much of a break. Every time sure. a pilot stationed open, you had a flight, two or three landing, two or three taking off simultaneously. Five airplanes in the air almost at all times. Almost mm-hmm. all day long, from about 8 o'clock in the morning till almost five thirty six. o'clock I mean, just the night. smell of all the... Jet fuel Jet burning. Fuel. Yeah. I'm sure we did irreversible nerve damage, but that's okay. <laughs> and the weather's been fantastic. Weather has been fantastic. But to have oh, all yeah. of those jets flying for for that many days, we did incredible oh, I, as far as only losing two. I have to say that out of all the jet events I've been to, that was 
by far the least amount of casualties. The cleanest. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. we first showed up Thursday to have an airplane fall out of the sky and land just in front of the tents. Yeah, which was uh, so, scary. Oh, yeah. That was a little scary. Yeah, a flat spin right into the a, almost the tent. A yeah. pilot was flying with somebody else, and he, be, he began controlling the wrong airplane. Yeah, he. So while he thinks one. he has one, uh, the other one is uncontrolled missile or drone. Pretty much. And Luckily, it was in a spin. Yes, and it actually, had it been anything else, it would have been off somewhere into the pits. And we just hear incoming or look out, yeah. and all of a sudden this thing hits the ground like a pancake. Yeah. And the dust flies out from around it, yeah. and Smoke. it's smashed, and uh, really somebody could have really got hurt there. Yeah, but thankfully it landed in a safe place, yeah. and got hurt. at the end of the day we can kind of laugh about it. But yeah. at the time it was pretty, pretty you know, kind of scary. Pretty yep. devastating. Yeah, unfortunately that, was a, that airframe was a total loss. The second one, the F-86 that went in, was... Uh, Right towards dusk, um, I think on Friday after Friday evening, and uh, I was actually out in the pilot station uh, watching. Were you flying Barry or was somebody else? Yeah, I was flying. I think you were flying your F-15, and uh, I was out there watching, and this guy just got disoriented because his airplane is silver, and as the sun was going down, he was going out, and he was going to do a low flyby and, and literally hit the end of the pavement of the runway. Yeah, he's turning base so, to final and yeah, just, just seen it come into a spin right into the ground at the end. Yeah, he tried to recover. I think he hit the throttle, and it was this bright kind of bluish-green flash. Too late. And then a big boom just came rolling down the runway <laughs> towards us. Smoke. And then smoke. And yeah. everybody, he just was like, oh. And, and it was a beautiful airplane, too. Very detailed. I mean, it was all done up in the bicentennial colors, you know, the 17, whatever it is, yep. you know, the centennial. Uh, and it was pretty bad. So, luckily, um, Joe has a, a uh, rhino or whatever Rhinos, yeah. They, something they of the took sort. the guy down there, and he was able to recover. John Deere type. Yeah, and he was able to recover. To, they uh, Surprisingly, they didn't really stop the operations. Huh. They just told people to be aware that people were running down there and, to land a little longer, and, and it continued to go. But it, it was devastating. A lot of people, uh, you know, kind of consoled him sure. once, once it happened. So, But, yeah, to, to your point, uh, considering how much flying was had taken place throughout this event, to only lose two airplanes, even though it sounds terrible, that's doing pretty darn good. I'm impressed. Yeah, yeah I was impressed I'm really as well. impressed. I, I, uh... And really not too many, like, damage issues, you know, as far as oh. hard landings or ripping landing gear out or... No, we had, we had some uh, just gear just issues. A couple. Yeah, we had nose gear issues. A couple guys landed with nose Main gear, gear down. Main gear, the B2. Uh, we had uh, one or two that... Porpoising. Yeah. But but everybody kind of saved... Yeah, most every, people went home with it. their airplanes, which yeah. we did. So yeah. a huge win to yes. us. Huge win to us. We didn't lose anything. So that's awesome. Yeah. Plus Maybe a few more. Yeah. And um, yeah, pretty much now is it's Unfortunately, late. we did come home with a few. Yeah, what <laughs> happened yeah. there? <laughs> What well, okay, so there? just so you know, Saturday, uh, for all our listeners, Saturday is Let's Make a Deal Day. Yes. Because all these guys bring the airplanes out, they fly them, they do work on them or whatever, and then they see somebody else's airplane. First thing they want to do is say, all right, I want out of my airplane. And I want so that. So the flight line, <laughs> going down the flight line, like out towards the runway. Littered. Littered with for sale yeah. signs. And throughout the day, it just kept getting bigger. Cheaper and cheaper and yes. cheaper because <laughs> they, they didn't want to load them up. They didn't want to take them home. They didn't want to travel with them. 
uh, they just wanted them out of their hair. And it was funny because I, I think Saturday, t- I mean this morning, 10 o'clock or so, there were a bunch of them out there. And by, what, 5, 6 o'clock, there was probably, you know, three or four or five of them out there. So there were, were people that spent uh, an incredible amount of money. I think the record was, uh, what, what did the one guy say? He spent almost 50, 50 grand. 50 grand on three yeah, airplanes. Just so you know, the cost of these things. He had three airplanes, uh, I think a total of $50,000. When was a Gulfstream 550? Yes, the G550. Two and, engines in it. Yeah. What? Had two engines. And uh, it was custom built, one of a kind. Actually, I think there's two that are that are built. It was a Skymaster, right? Uh, no, it's a scratch built. Oh, okay, Actually, I thought it was a Skymaster prototype. The guy's name is um, he was the guy with all the with the the P fifty one for sale as well. Lowell, Lowell, yes, Lowell. Lowell. So Lowell was uh, standing there, and he had that one and one other for sale. There was one in the box and one that was complete sitting out. Um, and he sold the one that was already complete, uh, ready to mm. go. So, and he did sell it for, you know, eleven eleven thousand plus yeah. dollars. So, I mean, good for that guy. He built it. You know, it's, he deserves every bit of it. It came ready to fly. Just put your receiver in and go. Um, but he actually built the the um, the Learjet that we were talking about earlier. He, he, he did, he yeah. Did that one too, yeah. So he He's did got a few those. of the business jets, which you don't get to yeah. see very often. No, it's kind of like the airliners. No airliners at this event. Yeah, that's a lot used of F-16s. Yeah. yeah, all military stuff, really. Almost all military stuff, yeah. and uh, which is cool. Those are, I mean, I have to say they're my favorite, but it is sure. kind of neat to see something different, uh, like an airliner, like the the commercial, or I should say more private aviation, you know, right. Lear jets yeah. and right. uh, that one that sold was, you know, the G550, so the business jets. So yeah, he had a couple of uh, business-looking jets out there. I yeah. Think, so, but yeah, so everybody, uh, you know, kind of bought and uh, sold. I think one of the guys said that he uh, bought an airplane on Friday, flew it all day Friday, Saturday, put it up for sale, <laughs> and sold it that afternoon. So yeah. it, it is kind of a little marketplace for uh, things like that. Although, kind of in my park flyer uh, status, it's not in my. Uh, my realm, but the well, you're not going to find more buyers in one place than you are there. I mean, that is true. What? That is That's true. The time so, and place to do it. So yeah, as we wandered around and kind of looked at everything and saw the for sale signs and read and talked to people, it was very interesting to see, um, you know, what people had put into their models, what they wanted out of them, what was a good deal, what was a bad deal. Some of the deals were really a smoking deal. They uh, they were a fabulous. If you were into spending that kind of money, and uh, other deals were not so fabulous. They obviously wanted a lot, a lot of money, a lot of money for their airplane. So, but you know, it's a, it's a hobby, and that's what these guys do. Got to spend it somewhere. Uh, Got to spend it somewhere. That's right. Boys and their toys. <laughs> well, overall, it's been a fantastic week, uh, weekend, I guess. That's it's been been a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. This is my first jet show. It's your first jet show. Really? Well, actually, it's my second one. I went one in Vegas, but it's not uh, as big a caliber as this. This, gotcha. this was huge and, and puts the one in Vegas to shame because there's only maybe about 10, 15 flyers over right, there right. in the one in Vegas, and that was many years ago. But I've never seen so many people, jet enthusiasts, come together and so many impressive airplanes and, they, and, and impressive shows uh, in, my, in, my, in my RC career since I've been... 12 years old. 
Yeah. Now, and, and awesome. we actually had, they were, it wasn't all U.S., right? We had an Australian Yeah, different countries, too. We had people Australia, from all over the yeah, world yeah, uh, that Europe. actually fly to this event. And f- from my understanding, it's the biggest RC jet event west of the Mississippi. Uh, I know Kentucky Jets is another really big event right. uh, of similar scale. And also, uh, there's a couple Florida events. Yeah, they're Top Gun or so whatever down Florida there. Florida Jets is, the is a jet-only event that's... You know, probably equal size, maybe even right, bigger. Right. And then Top Gun is more like the scale competition, but you're okay. going to get the same amount of crowd. You know, the same crowd. Right. 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 The guys that are into the scale stuff. So um, for us, West West Coasties, uh, this is it. This is yeah. our holy grail of of RC events. Now so, you've been to this before, though, right? Spencer? I haven't. No, this is my first year. So all three of us for the first time, I yeah. thought I was going with guys that were pretty familiar with all this. So this actually worked out that we were all new to this. Luckily, we went th- with a bunch of guys that have been there. You know, a lot. Yeah, all <clears throat> of our clubmates have have done this for probably six, seven, eight years since. And the they and they started. are very welcoming with open arms. So I I I was amazed that Tony was worried about me getting to fly. You know, even though I had an EDF, he's like, hey, he goes, hey, Mike, did you get to fly today? And I go, yeah. And he's like, okay, good. <laughs> you yes. know, he was worried about me having to come and not having an opportunity, which is good. And, uh, of course, you know, Vinny and and uh, Arthur and the rest of these guys are just fabulous guys to hang out with and chat with and listen to their careers. Because they've spent, what, Vinny's been, what, 30 years almost, I think, flying turbines? Vinny, as far as I know, Vinny has been in the game longer than anybody else I know. Yeah. He yeah. started in the ducted fan base right. of, you know, Nitro Engine. They didn't have EDFs back then. So you had a Nitro Engine, like an OS-91 right. or an OS-120, and, and you'd cram one of these things in there into a little uh, built-up F-16, F-15, whatever. Right. Right. Dynamax fan. Yeah, and go <laughs> fly the thing. And, right. and talk, we think our, you know, some of these EDFs are you know, anemic. The the ducted fans were really not nothing like what we have now. Mm-hmm. So the turbines have t- changed the game. But anyway, back to back to him. Yeah, he's been doing it longer than anybody I've known, and I know that he's at the at least the thirty year mark uh, yeah, in jets, amazing. which is yeah. pretty much since the beginning. Yeah, that's truly amazing. So, well, they, uh, they treated us well. I uh, now have you guys been to the Tucson one? I know I there's have. a jet rally in Tucson, so you guys have gone I to have a jet been. rally. I've done the Tucson one, and I've done the uh, superstition. Mesa, or it's called the Arizona Jet Rally. Yeah, the Arizona Jet Rally. And right. then also they had one called Desert Jet Storm, which is out at Speed World, which is the, uh, oh, the big gotcha. flying field right. on the west side the west in Phoenix. Side right, right. But uh, they quit doing it about three, four years ago. Back, Speed World is the name of the complex they have. Right. The RC field. They've got a drag strip and motocross track, RC right. tracks right. for right. RC cars. And they've got a flat track the, and a circle track or something. Yeah. Like that. And yeah. the club was in a little bit of trouble from a, you know, lease, land lease standpoint. Right. So I think a lot of the, the events that they used to do are really no longer around, unfortunately. So hopefully they bring a, a couple back, especially the Desert Jet Storm event they hosted there, because really it was it was just like what you saw this past weekend. Right. But right. just maybe on a third of the scale. And with your local guys, it was really a great event. But the nice thing is it was it's a similar deal where this RC field is actually where they host a lot of the Quickie 500 pylon race nationals and stuff there. Right. So there's two runways. We only use one for the jets, but uh, they're very long. They're well-maintained. 
there's no airports or anything to be worried about around. Right. So we, there's mm-hmm. no noise restriction. There's no height restrictions, and it just it makes for a really good jet event because there's no um, obstacles. You know, at the Arizona Jet Rally on either end of the runway are airplane eaters. You know, one end's a ditch, the other right. end's cactuses <laughs> right. and bushes. Exactly, and literally, yeah. if you overrun the the <laughs> runway by 50 feet. Yeah, you're, you're in the dirt. In yeah. the bushes, right. in damaged territory, we'll call Ripping it. Ripping right? off landing gear. Yes. Right. It, no, tips. really, it's an airplane yeah, eater. It is. So the Desert Jet Storm was a really, really good event. I sure hope they bring it back. Or maybe that's something yeah. we can look into putting together because it's awesome to be able to have an event that's that fun. And that large, or you can get and have it local sure, because really sure. the, the Arizona Jet Rally is okay, but uh, but the the field is kind of tough for the bigger airplanes. It is because it's got kind of a short. I, they hold the Electric Festival there every year that we do a they podcast do. on the Electric Festival. So I've been to that field. It's the Arizona Model Aviators Club, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, we've uh, we've been out there. It's a beautiful field, nice runway, but for a jet, I I do see that it's a little bit tight for that. So. Well, our hour is up, man. It has been a great weekend. I do appreciate you guys uh, joining me for this podcast. It's uh, been great to have you host with me. Unfortunately, Mike and uh, AK Mike and Jay uh, were stuck in Texas. They didn't get to come out for this event, but you guys were great hosts. Thanks for joining us. Well, I Thanks sure appreciate us. it. Thank you so yeah, much. Man. I, uh, you know, since you guys Do are local, again. maybe we'll have to have you uh, on a little more often. But uh, I know Spencer's and I have been spending a lot of time together and. We've now got a project that we got to start working on with me, I guess. So. <laughs> we do. We'll wait until the next podcast for the big reveal. Yeah, the big reveal. <laughs> yeah. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, leave a little suspense out there. Exactly. We all have. <laughs> we all have projects that <laughs> going uh, on right now. Yeah, that, that are going to be uh, upcoming. So we'll have plenty to talk about. Big announcements. Almost like a <laughs> pregnancy, right? Yeah. This is yes, a big deal. exactly. It is a big deal. A big announcements so. coming, coming soon. up in the, in the future that keep you guys on pins and needles. <laughs> It's a tease. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you very much for joining us here at the Park Flyer Podcast. I'm Michael from Arizona, and uh, along with Spencer and Barry, we appreciate you listening to us. We appreciate your patronage, and uh, we really hope you enjoyed our podcast. So we'll uh, sign off for now. Thank you, guys, and we'll see you in two weeks. See you. So long. You have been listening to the Park Flyer Podcast. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to your next visit. Please give our show a star rating and review. And feel free to email us your questions, topics, or suggestions to heartflyerpodcast at gmail.com.